Homie. Yo, yo. Yo. <clears throat> so, uh, this is episode 33, I believe, of nice. the Get You Some Productions podcast, a podcast covering all things from music production, uh, all things related to music production from the first note to the last fan. My name's Keith. And my name's Daniel. And, um, yeah, it's episode 33. I should double-checking that. <clears throat> um, first thing we always do is advertise our affiliate uh, arrangement with Reverb.com. Reverb.com is a marketplace for gear, music gear, oftentimes used gear, but you can get new stuff there as well. Um, and it's a fun website you can peruse to get your uh, all your gear needs met, and we are an affiliate of them. So if you want to buy something, you go to the you click the link in the description because it has to be through the the affiliate link. If you want to help the podcast out, uh, and you click the affiliate link and you go ahead and you buy something, or you can even just sign up for a new account through that link, and uh, that will help out the podcast as well. So, uh, yeah, if you feel like doing that, please go do it. And we appreciate it if you do. And if you don't, no worries. Um, thanks for listening. So uh, last time we talked about Jolly Ship the Whizbang, which was a band that Dan and I were in. Uh, not just a band, but a po- uh, it was a pirate puppet rock opera musical. Um, and also a, like kind of like a indie rock electro electro electronic indie rock sort of type of band. Uh, but it was also a pirate puppet rock opera. And uh, Dan and I were in that for many years. Uh, oh, yeah. I think many, many, many years. When did you leave the band? I, I left in 2008-9. Leave? Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't even like... It was just the band broke up. and that It, was it just happened. There was no even, like, meeting yeah. or, like, talk or anything. It just was done. Yeah. I, so I it was all at the same it. time. It was just, like, poop. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. Yep. Really well, I don't want to – it was – yeah. Yeah, I don't um, want to, like, get into the uh, – you know, it was one of those – it was a situation where, like, all the behind-the-music situations. <laughs> oh, like, yeah, VH1 behind-the-music. Yeah. You know, it was um, one it's of those. not the good part. It's not the good part of music, It's not the good part, yeah. but, it, but the good part. So, but it's it's crazy that it's been at least. I think we. I think I played the last gig with the band in 2009. Was that at so, that weird place, like right in like downtown, like Astor Square or something? Uh, I don't recall. Yeah, yeah. It was. In, I'm pretty sure it wasn't downtown Manhattan. It was some kind of hall of some sort. Uh, you know what, Keith? I retract my comment. Technically, I'm still in the band. Yeah. There the you band, go. like, like, ra- like Nick and call, like, let's want to do, do a, uh, like a, a movie shoot, be on the yeah. set as a band. Yeah. I was like, yep. And I flew out, and it was a garage, Nick, and, like, we had someone else on drums. Yeah. You had someone else guitar, on and, like, you know what I mean? Like, and then we did some <clears> stuff in the Spiegel tent, I think, and you didn't yeah. play guitar. It was, like, this guy who was in this, off-Broadway, this guy, Lucas, Lucas, some um, gonna mangle his name, uh, a Greek last name. Okay. Um, so, so technically, if they call up and they say, "Hey, we have a gig," I'd be like, 
Yeah, let me clear my schedule. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm yeah. still in the band. So you're still in the band. I officially yeah. quit. So I'm not in the band anymore. So yes. But well, that's not what we're talking about. So we we did um, have a little. I just wanted to like give some. Uh, I just wanted to give some. Uh, like perspective in that mm. this was something that you know was sort of like super active up until about 2009. So it's been 12 yes. years. Yep. yep. So. Um, now we had talked about talking about some of the people that we worked with that, um, that we, I mean, there were so many great people that we worked with. Uh, like, so Raja is the first person, obviously, because people who listen to this podcast, which are very few people anyway, um, would see Raja occasionally because he's been on the show twice. So, and, and I'm assuming he'll be on many more times. But um, Nick Jones was like the leader of the group and uh, the creative mind behind the thing. Um, but we, I think we were like also discussing, maybe talking about some of the, like, uh, you know, I don't want to say smaller players, but all the Oh, other, no, like, I thought we were doing our recording experiences. Oh, fine, fine. Okay, let's let's trash that idea. Let's talk about the recording experience. I want to stay inside I our love... head, like the Daniel and Keith, our head spaces, what we went through, like recollect, see how, because you and I have, you know, been close for a while, so it's interesting to see experiences we were both at and, like, how you remember them or how it was for you. Yeah, yeah. Because you know I mean? it's, it's usually not the same. I, I um, completely, I love that idea. Um, and then we could link to them. Yeah. Because that would be, I think it might be fun for people to check out the recordings that we're yeah. talking about. <clears throat> so the first recording we made was, um, yeah, what was it called? I can't remember. I'm trying to remember wrong. my first recording experience. I think I recorded Cabin Boy Fever or something with Raja mm-hmm. and it's Tanya's studio in Williamsburg. Wait, like you? Like I just went over and like Cabin played. Boy Fever. I think. In in Tanya's studio. Do you remember Ta- Tanya? Um, yeah, North First. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, and but Roger, oh, no. whatever. He just had like a desk with the computers, like recording on a Mac or something, like through a Dude, laptop. That w- yeah, yeah. So that's how that's how this, the the record, and it's a full record, songs to drown by. Yeah. That's how it started. Okay. Because now that you mention it, I do remember that. You know what's yeah. so weird? Here's, what I, here's one thing that's <laughs> so strange that I remember, but I remember showing up to one of those recording sessions. Yeah. And I think it was like a recording sort of slash writing session. Yeah. And I remember, and I don't know why I remember this, but I was, you know, I always owned station wagons. Yeah. And I'm sitting down at a chair in that little area that he had where he recorded, where he had his laptop. Yeah. And I just started improvising a song, and the song was like kind of like a funk soul song, and it was, I can park my big-ass car wherever I want. Oh, yeah? <laughs> that was the song. I can't remember the melody, but it was something like, I can park my big-ass car wherever I want. Oh, yeah. Like that. Uh-huh. And for some reason, like, this, you know the stupid things that invade your memory and just like shelf space in your memory? <laughs> that yeah. was the thing. This is something that from that day, 
I cannot, I will never forget it. I will be a vegetable on my deathbed when I'm 100 years old and I will remember nothing of my life. (laughs) I won't recognize my own family. But I will somehow, I just know it's burned in there. It's like, you know. All right, well, we should record it too so that. uh... (laughs) You know what, now it's it's gone down. Now it's in the. Now it's out there in the ether. All right. So it'll it, hopefully maybe it will become crystallized some way. But anyway, that's you stupid me- memory. <laughs> no, that's that's um that's special. That's like the little in the moment. I just got to say, as I'm talking to you, like I haven't mentally been in that space, that room, like since like I don't know. It's been fifteen plus years. Yeah. Me too. Um, just talking about it now, I'm in there, I'm remembering. So, yeah, that little space is, like, underneath the loft because there was a loft above it. Yes. And it was, like, a little low down, boom, it was, like, nice and cozy. And there was a yeah. big open room, and there was, like, all the crazy stuff on the wall. Um, yeah. This was, like, the magic time in Williamsburg. <laughs> I Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was before. It I was, mean, it was totally getting gentrified. So, had, like, do you remember? Before anything was built. Well, we used to rehearse in that space as well. Did we? Yeah, we used to rehearse in the front room that was actually Tanya's trapeze room. Holy shit, we did. I, I forgot. Yeah. yeah. So we would rehearse in that space, and we would often hang out and have parties in that middle room. Last time I was in that room was after Raj and Tanya broke up. I went out drinking with Raja, just uh-huh. me and him, and I ended up sleeping in the loft. Yeah, oh no, I've done that. It, on, it was a summer day, <laughs> and I was sleeping on, I was sleeping literally on my bed was a, like, piled up fishing, like, trawling net. It was made of, it was like one inch thick net netting. Yes, nice and cozy. And it was this massive, it was just like made of this plastic, and it was hot as hell. And, of course, we had been drinking, so I was like sweating and dehydrated and feeling oh, just totally awful. This is the worst. And I was just like, I'm going to sleep here. And then Raj was like, okay, cool, you can sleep up there. And I was like, okay, great. And I'm like, I'll just curl up onto this trawling fishing net and go to sleep here. I have to get, I mean, I can't really remember it that well, except that it happened. Oh, yeah. Um, but um, but I can tell you right now that uh, it was probably one of my least productive nights of sleep ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, we... So yes, we did, okay, we thank did, you for jogging my memory, though. Because, yeah, that, re- that record that, started pretty, in yeah. that space. But then Sounds we had to... I think what... Ha- I, I may be wrong about this, but I think what happened was we realized that it wasn't going to get done, or at least it wasn't going to be good if we did it all in mm-hmm. that space. Yeah. So we moved it upstate to that studio. Now, you tell me, was Kale involved? I, we Kale, did, probably Jason Martin. Jason Martin. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Um, rest in peace, Jason Martin. Did, did he pass away, Jason he Martin? He did. Yeah, he did. Was it a car accident? I'm trying to no, I think it was a couple. I don't know what it was. Oh. It was um, exactly something maybe something brain hemorrhage or an aneurysm. Oh, or crap. Very unexpected. Oh. Yeah. I, I only have a vague memory of that whole... I can remember some of the recording sessions. 
Sure. Um, well, do you remember the space? It would have been a massive <clears throat> building, sprawling building by the um, railroad tracks. It, where was it? Red um, Hook, Tivoli, upstate somewhere, right? Yeah, past Bard. Yeah. You, know, you just keep maybe going Germantown. north on 9. Yeah. And maybe Germantown? Yeah, yeah. Germantown. It was just a and big then, farmhouse or something. Ish. Warehouse yeah. more. Maybe farmhouse. I don't know. It was all kind of converted and like together. And then there was oh. like a huge third floor, very must like full of dusty stuff and yes. huge barn space. Loft, I don't, third floor loft space or something. It was really weird. There was, yeah, basically it was an attic. I, I remember recording in this, what was essentially an attic. Yeah, huge you know, attic. It was like under the eaves. Of yep. a giant, it might have been like an actual farm or something, mm-hmm. or like a silo. I don't know what the heck it was. Yeah. But, um, but then the studio would have been like down the stairs, down the way, like on the first floor, off to the right, the studio. Yeah. Proper. Yeah, I remember, I remember going up there and recording um, the guitar parts to Party Island, <laughs> I think, because my guitar was plugged in. Oh, actually... I had to crawl up an, uh, um, I had to climb up a ladder, and somebody had to. There was no stairs. It was it was a, it was a genuine attic. So you had to climb a ladder. Yes. Hand your guitar. Then, yeah, the, the the amp wasn't up there, but the speaker was up there, the speaker cabinet. And That's they decided right. that to get the feedback we needed in the beginning of Party Island, because Party yeah. at the beginning of the song Party Island is kind of like a cacophonous sort of like building up to something situation. Yeah. And they were like, you have to be in the room with your cabinet. And so yeah. I had to climb up the ladder into a dusty old attic where the speaker was. And then they had to hand my guitar up to me. Nice. Which was like plugged in somewhere, you know, it was like down the hall, down the stairs and down the ladder and down the hall or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that, I remember that. I remember doing some, there was a kitchen space. So I remember like we were doing some writing. Maybe Nick and I sat there and wrote for a bit, like on our downtime. I don't remember exactly. That's right. You know, there what was, it was or, space down there. Yeah. What yeah, we'd hang out there. We drink beers. Go out on the smoke butts out on the freaking in there maybe or out on the track. Yeah. 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 So like that was just north of Bard, so it was an area we'd been basically living in, used to for many, many years. Well, four or five years each, you know, depending yeah. on how long we were apart. Totally. So, and all those people, Chase Martin, Kale, Capuchillin. Yeah. Um, and company, Peter Kraft. Yeah, you you have a good memory for this. I don't remember, I, I just remember Kale. Yeah. Was Kale involved um, in the recording? I don't think so. I think Kale was more involved when we did a, we our triumphant return years later in uh, Rhinebeck, was it? Oh, that's right. Uh, hey, listen, oh no, it wasn't Rhinebeck. Was it? No, wait. no, it wasn't. Kingston. It was downtown, downtown Kingston. Kingston. I'm sorry, it was downtown Kingston. Yeah, huge space. We did a big, huge show. A lot of footage. Uh, we can link to our witch song video. Yes. The video yeah, that's so, from um, that's from Kingston live that, show. That first record. Uh-huh. Before we move on from the first record, yes. Because here's the, here's the um. I was when that record came out, uh-huh. I was very proud of it, and I loved listening to it. Actually, the first the first record. Here's there was an intro. I think it was like Nick speaking. Yes. Over some like you know shit, 
sort of weird like C sounds, like creaky, creaky yeah, 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 C yeah. sounds and yeah, things. Yeah. yeah. Then it goes here's here's the um here's the track list. Party Island is the first track. Goopus and Glombi is the second <laughs> track. So I think that's actually a skit, right? Yeah. Kill It If It Don't Got Feet, which is a great song. The Not Trick skit, so it's a skit. Then goes Sleepless Fishes, Pirate Love, Greenland, the song Greenland, uh-huh. Cabin Boy Fever, The Mermaid, The Crab Prince skit. Crab Prince skit. Yep. Honor. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I only drink fancy beer. On, yeah. Honor, Walk With You. Now, I thought Walk With You was really good. Yeah. Roving. And then a, the final, quote-unquote, final prayer. And then there was a secret track. What was the name of that song? <laughs> Why do we... I've been telling you for a long time. Remember that, all that? No, I don't remember. I am here to commit weird crimes. <laughs> what was... So, God, I'll like, listen to this again. <laughs> yeah, so it's like all this weird... You know, like, and then, but then it's, oh, God. I can't remember the name of the song. I'm I'm, bl- I'm totally blanking, but it's like. I'm totally blanking. I Nick, forgot about its existence. But It's like, like such, yeah. So this is why I think we have to go over it. And people will listen, like, if people out there listening to this, if you think it's weird, it absolutely is. I mean, it's just like, you know, people going crazy, like, you know, devoted to some kind of mission, mission of insanity. You know, yeah, and just we like were creating all in. something. It was, it was awesome. It was, it was all so in. awesome. What a great! It was such a great album. That's so many of our best songs right there. Yeah, like almost so that's, all of them. Almost all of them. Yeah. No, but but there's a, there are actually a lot more. I think our songs got better. Mm-hmm. But I think like as with all first albums, I think this particular album yeah. had like the raw energy. Yeah. You know, like all first albums have the raw energy. It's a pretty raw album anyway. Yeah, it's true. You listen to it, you'll it is hear, a perfect first album for now. I am going to re-listen to it now that we're talking about it. But um, that song, that that last song, where Nick sings like all that high-pitched, weird, like cartoonish stuff, mm-hmm. and then it go, and then it like culminates into like this like epic rock thing, mm-hmm. you know, which was like so fun, and I got to do pinch harmonics, which was like such a joy for me. Do you remember such any of that? Such a joy. Pinch harmonics with you. I mean, love it. it was like basically like a heavy, it was a he- it was our heavy metal moment in that first album. Yeah. Anyway, oh, I love so, all that stuff. So let's move on. Yes. Because we, then the next thing we made was the EP, which we made down um, in Peter Cole's place. That's it's right. called. It is on. So all the, I'm on. I, I'm on Apple Music. It's on Spotify right now. too. Yeah, I'm sure it's all on Spotify as well. But I'm on Apple Music. Yeah, Apple Music, YouTube. It's on there. I think the distributor is CD Baby. Uh-huh. And if so, if I'm not mistaken, I think Nick loaded it all up. But you know, anything on CD Baby goes to like every streaming platform. Okay. You, know, you have to opt out. If you don't want it on streaming, you actually have if to you, opt out. You can find all this stuff. Yeah, so it's okay. all out there. But the first album was called Songs to Drown By, and it's by the band Jolly Ship the Whizbang. The EP, which we did down in Pete Cole's basement, uh, what, one of my memories from Pete Cole's place was that, number one, the bathroom was very small. 
um, and number two, we would go down that dingy basement, uh-huh. and it was just that one small room to record in. Uh-huh. And but we would go into, we would all hang out in the co- control room, and the control room was very small. Yes. And it was just like sitting on this ratty couch. I mean, I swear that couch must have been pulled out of the garbage. And it was already like had been sat on like, you know, 100,000 hours. <laughs> so it was all pressed down already. Yeah. It's like sitting right on the floorboards, basically. <laughs> and But with that said, I feel like Pete did such a good job. Of, Pete's super talented. Yeah, like getting like so much rock out of us, you know? Yeah. And he's such a raw rocker because mm-hmm. he's the he's the um the main guy in um I'm blanking Dread. on the name of his band. What's the name of his band? What tragedy? No. Tragedy, right. Yeah. Right. So it's a heavy metal ish like I think I think eighties heavy metal, like uh yeah, hair metal. BGs. Wasn't it Bee Gees? But it's all, yes, but it's a Bee Gees cover band. But they do it all in, you know, heavy metal style. All right, let me just say that. He is one hundred percent legit. We'll put in some links. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm saying it so that we can say it out loud. But we're, yeah. uh, we're definitely going to link to it because, and his videos are insane. <laughs> it's terrible. But anyway, like, but he, I, I agree with you about. Star. I, I agree with you about. Um, he really captured a lot of our raw energy. Yeah. Channeled it. Yeah. Um, what was the name of the EP again? Uh, the EP was called. The EP is called Curse of the Ancient Legend. That's right. And here are the songs Roving, Bone of My Brain, Converting to Christianity, The Witch Song, and Sons of the Waves. So these are all like early versions of those songs because I think um, a lot of those appear appear on the final album. You know, I think at this point in time, for recording those songs, you know, we got like Katie on there and Devin. That's right. Right? And we were at our, like, peak. I think we were, you know, at our, really hitting our our stride at Bowery Poetry Club. I think so, too. At, at that time, this was like, we had the, um, and, and we started, we had a lot of gigs, I can't remember, in, like, other places, but we had the whole, like, PowerPoint presentation. The, uh, the That's right, thing, yeah. The, the crab keystador. Yeah, because I think, yeah, like, I think what people, when they listen to the albums, which is, the albums are great, but what they miss out on is that there was like a dramatic aspect to it in the, in the form of these like skits and vignettes and puppet shows, but that were just as developed as the music. So it was like really highly, highly developed and hilariously funny. Yeah. So So I think we should, I, I, I I wish everything was in the same place and we could just link to one, channel on YouTube, which I will try to do so that people can sort of skim through and see what's on there. But I do remember, I, I feel like my memory is down in Pete's basement, whether we were recording or whether we were, um, whether we were recording or just rehearsing, that's where we wrote. Um, that's where we wrote Eat Me Alive, which to me was one of our best songs. And that's where we started. I'm walking around my neighborhood, and now you're here at ice cream shop. <laughs> yeah. Everybody. I wonder if, this, you know, here's the way my brain works. If you hear this ice cream truck music, 
on the podcast, is that copywritten music? And are they going to flag us now for having, you know, it has to be more than 20 seconds, I'm pretty sure. So that it's not going to last. I think we're good, as long as we're not selling ice cream with it. Let's, um, what else do you have to say about that? Because um, I think we should move on to the last record. Um, I remember that basement is also where I met Jesse Wallace. Oh, yeah. We, yeah, we had the... Um, because of the, the we transitioned to our Ars Nova gig. We transitioned there. Yes. Um, but that's, yeah, another, that's another episode, the transition from there to, um, to Uptown. Into that episode on that. Yeah, so there was a lot between there because because um, Tim Hoey was the drummer, right? And Tim Chris Anton, the, then Tim. Chris Anton. Oh, right, right. So Chris, <laughs> Chris was the drummer originally, and he became like our sound man and audio visual guy, where he did our lighting, and he also did like multimedia for us. He did a lot. So the whole, I mean, Chris was like, he was, he was the member of the band. He was with us, traveled with us every time. Yeah. Chris was like the secret weapon. Chris, yeah. Chris was absolutely a secret absolutely weapon. Absolutely a secret weapon. Chris is one of the craziest dudes I've ever met. <laughs> he has now. a kid now. He's married with a kid. Um, I saw him, I saw Chris, uh, I went to see um, Living Color at Brooklyn Bowl randomly a few years ago and I ran into Chris because he does sound there and wow. we just hung out drinking for that one night randomly um, it was you know a couple of years ago at least pre-pandemic for sure but yeah Chris was like some sort of super Chris is like one of those um, crazy super geniuses like he could have easily become like an evil genius and like destroyed the world because <laughs> there are no super there are no true superheroes who would ever be able to combat him but somehow he like stayed just on the side of good, you know. Chaotic good. Chaotic no, good. Kidding, yeah. No. He's like um, neutral. No, I don't know. Yeah, like you know. I don't know. But yeah, it, um, yeah. But Chris is oh man. I with the sad part of it is that if people didn't come to our shows, they'll never know because know. he had all those crazy visuals. It was like you know the modern version of. Um, of the like the guys doing the the thing like on Fillmore East where they were like putting the the wax on top of the projectors and things. Oh yeah, it was just you endless. Know? Oh, so but he just had like remember sleepless fishes. Yeah. Everything. Oh, it was it was awesome. You know, it's hilarious. Also, is that I can remember so many occasions where I was net aware of what was going on behind me, and I would turn around and be like, "What is there like an entire show going on that I'm not even aware of because I'm facing yeah. forward." Yes. Yeah. And then I'm turning around and thinking and realizing, like, he has, like, a highly developed visual, you know, thematic visual thing going on through the whole show. How the hell he did that, plus do sound, plus do lights for so many shows, was just, you know, was Something just, else. like, yeah, it was awe-inspiring. Um, um, I want to, so, yeah, go ahead. Um. I'm just remembering that place we went to in Jersey to record, right? Was it New Jersey? Yes. The final record was recorded in Hoboken, I think. Was it? Yeah. 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 Right. It was by the Hoboken waterfront. That place was awesome. Yes. So, so we should tell the story that 
the reason we got to record in, this is like the first legit studio we ever recorded in, like an actual professional studio. And the reason was because Ars Nova picked up the show and was willing to spend, you know, whatever it was, like 10 grand or something. I don't even, I don't know what it was, but it was, you yeah. know, enough to make a full professionally produced record in a legit studio that has all the, like, you know, the engineer, the engineer's assistant, all the mics. The house all the amps, for the artist. The, the house for the artist to stay in, yeah. Yeah. I, mean. I think I lived, where did I live at the time? I think I lived in Brooklyn at the time. But, yes, I did. But, um, mm-hmm. so I, I stayed at home and commuted. Oh, because I had to work. But you guys stayed there, right? You guys actually slept in their house, like an apartment that they had. I think so. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I stayed. Um, I commuted. Oh, big mistake. Yeah, I know. <laughs> big mistake. So listen um, to the listen to the track. Wait, do you have something specific to say? I was going to go through the tracks just to do the tracks first. Yeah. Okay. So there's an intro on that one too. I think it is sort of like a like um weird sound plus like maybe some dialogue. Mm-hmm. Party Island. So Party Island's the first track again. I remember Party Island. Well, I'll go through the tracks. Party Island, I Am the Sea Lion. Drink, Work, Don't Mutiny. Bad Omens. Tom. I Killed the Cabin Boy. I think I Killed the Cabin Boy is one of our best songs. Funny at the Time. Out of Control, which is a skit. Pack Light for Paradise. Black and White World. Sons of the Waves. Destiny Made Me Do It, Eat Me Alive, Cool Lessons, We Ride the Cyclone, and Through the Brambles in the Heaven. There's 17 tracks on that. <laughs> That's fucking bonkers, man. There's it's so bonkers, and I wish that we could remix We Ride the Cyclone because it's mixed so badly. <laughs> oh, really? It is, yeah. Um, but I love that song. Um, I forgot it existed. That should have gone out moment. We should have released that as a single. You With know what? Tom, like the B-side is Tom. Would have been awesome. <laughs> so which one is Tom? Is Tom the one that goes... It's really slow. It's just like Kate, Katie Tom, singing. Tom, Something like that. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you got to listen to it. you got to listen to it. It's one of my favorite tracks on the album, believe it or not. Really? Just for its production. Yeah, they ran oh. like the vocals through like a guitar amp with like tremolo or something. It's really oh. ambient and weird. It's cool. I love oh, that's it. cool. Yeah. Um, so listen to that. I would recommend that for you, Keith, since you probably remember the other songs more. Um, but I was going to say I remember really being at the top of my game, um, like rehearsal-wise. Like I went in to like record, play along with the drum with Jesse so he could record. Yes. And they just like, well, we'll just record bass as we go, you know, anyway. And yeah. like a lot of the songs I just played, the, just like nailed it the first time <laughs> through or something. I'm sure. And um, I had yeah. that white bass because I was playing in an 80s cover band, Atomic. What white bass did you have? A Fender four-string maple fretboard. Fender. It wasn't It wasn't white, white. It was... Yeah, it was pretty much white. Why don't I remember that? I always remember you Because I had it for like two, year, two or three years or something. That was it. I always remember you playing the five-string for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I just got in there, but I think I was playing on the other one. Um, so you played all, so all those were first takes or what? 
No, most of them, I'd say, like, most yeah. of them. Like, I would just, like, play. Like, for instance, I would play, um, um, I Killed the Cabin Boy. Like, yeah. that was the first take. And there's a lot. I played it a thousand times and drilled in, like, Jesse's such, like, you know, drilling with Jesse is, like, very productive because he's yeah. very organized the way he plays. Oh, so, Jesse, I mean. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, and Jesse, I feel like Jesse really, well, great thing about Jesse was that he really put energy into working out parts. Like, he had, he had that elaborate fill in Party Island, and he played it. Like it was like yeah. Remember we we play with him. It's like it's like um you know like it is it goes down like in the epic rock fills you know yeah. It belongs in the epic rock fills, <laughs> you know, canon or something. But it was something that like I watched him develop over time, which was awesome. But I also like you know in retrospect, of course, because I heard it a million times. Like, I appreciate that he actually did spend a lot of time honing that fill to get it to the point where it was like, oh, yes, so now it is an epic rock fill. It's good for you. <laughs> exactly. You know? For you. And it just, because yeah, I remember, actually remember the, the experience of recording it and ha- him having to do it over and over again. He's like, I could do that better. I was just like, really? <laughs> like, it was fairly epic. Like, I, I just missed one little spot. I got to do it again. So he was, he was kind of a pre- perfectionist in certain things. Yeah, I love that guy. Yeah, uh, and he's a super nice guy, too. Uh, so that's what I remember about that space. It was very professional, and like I was prepared. I done overall prepared. So I just did it. Yeah, yeah. Well, we were we were extremely well rehearsed at that point. Yeah, there were some songs in the end of it, like um, "Cool Lessons." Yeah, "Cool Lessons" was. I didn't. I felt like we sort of. I think Nick was really into getting it onto the record. Yeah. And I didn't feel ready, you know, with my parts for that one. Whereas, like, on the, um, I, you know, actually, it's really funny now that I'm remembering. Um, everyone let me do a lot more, like, you know, weird jazzy lines on this record than, yeah. uh, than anyone let me, than the band collectively let me do in the past. Yeah. So, like, I Killed the Cabin Boy has, you know, a guitar solo on it. It's actually one of my favorite guitar solos that I've ever played. And it's very melodic, but yeah. I end all the phrases with, like, lines that are, like, bebop lines. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I noticed that. Not, not full-on bebop lines, but there's, like... I know, but they're, like, like, the like oh, it's so scale. tasty. It's so t- yeah, it's tasty, it's especially, like, like, under the monologue. Yes, exactly. It's, like... Yeah, I just put in, like, some, you know, some arpeggios leading into some some like half note uh like leading tone things yeah you know so like a la you know bebop scale type stuff and i did that as well on pack life for paradise yes occasionally like i was you know <sighs> I, I got away what with been, things Keith, what could have been you know what it was the beginning it was the beginning of a new sound developing it could have been yeah yeah um, and so in retrospect listening to i listen to albums a lot and i was like oh it's like it would have been if we had a producer working with us would have, you know, because I think it was like, oh, a lot of these dialogue, like a lot of the dialogue during the song is hard to hear even on the album. I was like, oh, you know, you like do a slightly different format for the albums, whereas like there is no dialogue. It's like the song. You know what I mean? And then like set up skits. Yeah. Yes. 
you know, maybe accept a few transitions, but not like the stop and like bring it down and like do a dialogue in a vamp in a song. Yeah. It doesn't quite work on like album form. It doesn't. Yeah. There's a couple of instances of that, even though I think this album is actually like, I, I went to see when I went to visit Raj and I, I didn't even have a copy of it. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, I have like a box full of them. He's like, just take it with me. And I put it in my rental car. This is a long yeah. time ago. Elizabeth was like, you know, like one or two or something. So it has to be eight years ago or something. But I didn't even have a copy, but I put it into the rental car. And I was like, holy crap. This is a <laughs> legit album that we made. You know, this is like, sounds as good as anything on the radio. You know, it's, it's pretty eccentric and irreverent, you know, in, in its... Yeah. topic so if you like something like they might be giants maybe you probably love it yep you know but um but uh, but just the sound quality of it was really quite astounding it's our best album in a lot of ways yeah i think yep yep yeah um we are at an, about an hour so we should, oh we gotta uh, stop we gotta, we gotta stop. stop yeah 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 so listen um let's um I was just thinking, I just have one thing to add on because you said something like that just struck my, uh-huh. struck my, you know, got me thinking a little bit, but you said, oh, if we were working with a producer and I totally yeah. agree with you. I think like if we had an actual producer, a producer would have been like, dude, you know, your guitar, like don't rush through um, cool lessons. Your guitar part is not there. So either don't include it or come up with something better and, and delay the, do, Either put it out without the guitar part or delay the release. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's what a producer yeah. does. Now, this is called the Get Your Son Productions podcast. We are purporting to be producers, in a sense. So I think, like, maybe our next – I think I was just been thinking about this because I'm sort of running out of ideas for the podcast. I want to maybe get a book – like, we would each get a book on, on pro- music production and maybe just, like, read a chapter and, like, each, you know, just the first chapter – or, like, maybe I'll read it and I'll just come up with some blurbs that I think are interesting or something, and then we'll just talk about it and start and become producers ourselves. Like this we can learn in the context of the podcast. I like it. You know? So that's what I was thinking. All right. So let's pick up so, on that topic um, for the next podcast, which we're going to cool. do sooner than later. Yes. Yeah. Well, actually, and we have to do that soon, too, but we also owe Tim Mirth. Yes an interview and we also owe Chris Murphy an interview. So we have to, we have to line those guys up and then we'll tackle that other thing. Yes. And Devin Ludlow. And Devin. I forgot we owe Devin an interview too. We should just, yeah, but we can just have him on and just, you know, just bullshit. Right. Yep. Yep. All right, dude. So awesome show. Uh, And, uh, you know, catch you on the flippity flop. All right, Keith. See you next time. Later, Daniel.